Sometimes they, them, and I am joined once again by my lesbian co-host. Hello, I am Janine, my pronouns are she, they, and yeah, my voice is going to be doing this the whole time. Now, we don't like to have to do the pledge drive here four times a year, but before we can get to you that Domance Dawn content that you like, we just want to let you know, if you send us $20, we will send you a tote. Do we have a tote? I don't know, I feel like we could probably get Mike to do a tote. I just felt like that intro, I was using my public radio voice. It definitely took me there. Thank you. It took I've... me to a better show. This week on This Pirate Life, Luffy, the gum gum fruit, did he actually eat it, or did it eat him? You know, at this point, a gun ate a fruit and became a dog. I'm not gonna rule anything out. And I took a big old bath and brother juice. Don't call, oh, just, it's just so weird when you call it brother juice. Just tell them that it's a bath bomb already. Uh, yeah, so if you're unaware, Lush, uh, and this is not just a Japan exclusive, has a line of four one-piece bath bombs and also a bath bar and also a handkerchief thing that I wasn't able to get. But, uh, yeah, I'm slowly going through those because it's November, it's Luke's birthday month as well as Janine's birthday month, and I decided to treat myself. So, tonight I used the Flame Flame Fruit bath bomb and just sat in a big old pool of brother juice. <laughs> it's an awful phrase. It is an awful phrase. I don't know... I think the worst part about you taking a bath now is that you have time to meditate and contemplate the worst two words you could put together <laughs> that eventually led you to brother juice. You know, it's nothing like a bunch of Luffy's brother juice. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, well, right. you go visit Lush if you too desire that himbo bath water. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it it kind of has a like curryish smell to it. Like I'm not entirely sure. It's not quite earthy. It just has a bit of a pequentness, and also it turns orange and then red. I also did the flower, flower, fruit, and uh, eight legs, seven vaginas. See, you can't really even say that you, like, got me to walk into that one, because you just, like, threw it out there. I mean, I did get you to walk into it on the Discord. Uh, we have a Domance Dawn Discord now, which, if you would like to join and participate in 
shenanigans. Uh, it's not super active since there's only like six of us, but we have a good time. Um, just you can be like, able to get like more of this that we have, Luke and I, where mm-hmm. um, Luke just says crazy things that are also true because it's an anime, and I react like a rational person, um, usually gawking and um, guffawing, mm-hmm. mostly guffawing. <laughs> oh, I did get a Rodrigo update, and Rodrigo did go and see the new One Piece Red movie. And yeah. So that it was very good, and also it makes him want to go and watch more One Piece to understand everything, because uh, there's like twenty plus years of continuity that of that get like boiled down into that movie. Wow. Um, dang, this is actually like Luke's entire um, plan is to get people to watch more One Piece. I mean, yeah, I I was talking about One Piece on the family call last week uh, because I talk with my parents and siblings every week for almost, yeah, for almost a year now. Yeah, my dad was like, well, it can't be good if it's been bonding for so long. And it's like, dad, you're, you're, you're a psychologist. You are a very smart man. You somehow inexplicably really just love Rick and Morty. You love that, like, totally rude humor, but you don't understand the manga marketplace. If it wasn't worth continuing, it would be canceled. Let's be honest. If it was keep hold, uh, if it was worth holding on to, there's also still a chance it could be canceled. I mean, yes, uh... I mean, how familiar are you with uh, how Shonen Jump works? Um, well, from what I understand is that they get all of the popular um, characters and make them fight in a fighting game. Other than that, um, I don't know. I think like they uh, do a magazine or something that's in Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a weekly manga anthology, and in Japan, where the votes are more important, you basically get to write in, I believe it's your top five mangas, and if you, like, aren't in the top 15, you are pretty much on the cutting block. Damn. Yeah, so there is a point where you kind of reach... Not quite immortality, like as long as it keeps being good, but uh, I have a hard time seeing One Piece, I guess, needing. It is hard to see One Piece nosediving so bad that it would be on the cutting block. But uh, yeah, there's like a point where if you're making enough money, they will just keep you going even if you aren't the most popular. But uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Uh, read Bakuman, it is also a really interesting piece. You can get that on the Viz app, where you can just read 100 chapters of manga a day for 2 bucks a month. It is a fucking amazing deal. Wow. Mm -hmm. And knowing you, who has uh, scoured through a lot of stuff for research before, I can see that you have 
probably reached that limit a couple of times. I was unemployed last year, Janine. Yes, I did. Uh, it was like, oh, I want to get done reading Yu-Gi-Oh! And uh, I, I had to wait 24 hours for my chapters to reset. Uh, if you don't want to have to read Yu-Gi-Oh! across multiple days, I went on uh, Chris's podcast. He was on a few episodes ago, and I summarized the three main series plus Yu-Gi-Oh! R of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! run in under two hours. Uh, not that he specifically asked me to, but now it's just tradition. But Janine, you know what? What do we do on this podcast? Uh, well, you get me to watch One Piece, and then um, we sit down and cast characters that have been named or is are prominent inside of the episode with characters that have been named or are, are prominent inside of episodes of The Simpsons. But only up to the exact general area of the air dates mm -hmm. um, of when the One Piece episodes have been released. Anything that had aired in The Simpsons previous to that is fair game. Anything that is after that is something that we paw at forever thinking uh, Sexy Cat March would have been perfect for like that one character all those episodes back yeah but i mean the good news is there's always more room for sexy cat march that's true we we have a sexy cat march countdown going mm -hmm. or did we already pass it uh no we haven't gotten to that i believe we are going to get to that in if not the next episode the one after that all right then here we go it's sexy cat march watch uh, yeah, these episodes uh, initially ran in Japan between May 19th and July 21st of the year 2002. But there was only two Simpsons episodes that ran during this time. There was the frying game, where Homer kills the screamer pillar and the entire family has to take care of an old lady. And then it turned out that it was all a reality show set up. And Papa's got a brand new badge where Homer sets up a home security team. And they're more of just kind of like, all right, episodes. I think the frying game is kind of more forgettable out of the two. Like, Papa's got a brand new badge has some good bits like, thank you, Spring Shield. But it's also kind of a redo of the Homer the Vigilante episode at least in premise i do believe though that um the scream a pillar is very much beloved um because of how difficult it is to keep alive there have been, there was a resurgence for a little bit of people who identified with it uh tagging pictures <laughs> of the scream a pillar with hashtag it me. I mean, big mood. Uh, along with these Screamapillar, additional characters include Carmen Electra, 
Mr. Jingles, Michael Clark Duncan type, and Arthur Fonzarelli, along with others. I feel like Arthur Fonzarelli would have definitely been one that we could have used. Like, I feel like that would have been such a Conan bit that, like, it seems weird that we're just getting that access now. Mm hmm. Well, and it's just a really weird thing because the whole bit is the school is one of the only places with air conditioning. And so Mrs. Krabappel's like, I'm seeing students we haven't seen for years. And that includes the Fonz. Which is. Um, okay, well, that is something to think about because we have Arthur Fonzarelli as Arthur Fonzarelli, not Henry Winkler. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're different because we've also had a character voiced by Henry Winkler. But it wasn't Arthur Fonzarelli. Correct. I feel like they missed an opportunity here. I mean, I think it would be harder to get him back for just coming back for one line as the Fonz. I mean, it's got to be cheaper from, like, compared to, like, the more alliance that they gave him then, but I don't know if anybody would... No, there have been people in animation who have had only one line in animation to walk on just for the appearance. Mm-hmm. It... I think it really depends on what they're willing to do and what their schedule's like. This would have been, like, 2002, so I don't think we had really got into the full... Bonds resurgence. We were still reckoning with 9-11 and the start of the Afghanistan war and it was a different time. Were we still doing the I love the blanks um, things on VH1? Because I feel like he would have been in those. I don't uh, so... Like, specifically, it, the I Love the 70s? Yeah, so... I, I'm i trying to determine which one... Because I Love the 70s... So, okay, I Love the 80s was the first one, and then I Love the 70s! Uh, I Love the 80s ran uh, initially December of... 2002 so this would have been pre that so this would have been like prime uh gary coleman nostalgia era i can see that because mm -hmm. i think happy days was still running on like nickelodeon at the point where it's like oh this is my reminder that i should just switch from uh the tv land era to uh, Cartoon Network or Comedy Central. What do we do on this podcast? Uh, well, this week we are going to be covering uh, episodes 112 through 119 of One Piece. And yeah, sorry for the weird energy for this one. I've been soaking in brother juice. Oh my god. Uh, titles include Rebel Army vs. Royal Army. The battle will be in Alubarna. 
Alubarna is crying. Fierce fight of Captain Kaoru. Swear on your crewmate's dream. Battle at Mole Hill, 4th Avenue. Today's grand performance. Mane Mane montage. Or clone clone montage. Transforming into Nami, Bong Clay's hard-hitting ballet Kenpo. Nami's whirlwind warning. Climate attacked explosion. Secret of the royal family. The ancient weapon, Pluton. Essence of a mighty sword. The power to cut steel. The breath of all things. Yeah, it's just the fun reminder that, oh right, they used the Japanese names of the fruits instead of translating them. Which I guess is fair, kind of. Uh, so Janine, congratulations on finally shipping Nami and Bibi. Listen, I wasn't opposed to it. I just mm. needed context in the show. And then episode um, 118 happened, and I'm like, oh, this is more than enough. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Like, you can go back and probably find a montage of, like, Vivi's really at Nami's side in the bed when she's sick. Yeah, like, there's, like, there's there's a couple things. And, and honestly, this episode, like, does half the amv for you mm -hmm. yeah uh it, i don't think it hits as hard in the manga but uh yeah no i i totally i will support that pairing nami vv girl in red amv Somebody make it, or somebody find it, and then you send it to me so I can be able to look at it, because I don't know how to make an AMV without Windows Movie Maker, and I'm not gonna try to do that again. As the armies prepare to clash, tensions are high across all eight entryways into the capital, Alubarna. The members of Baroque Works spot the Straw Hats as they approach on the ducks, but the pirates are covered, so the officer agents can't see them, causing the officer agents to split up to catch them as the straw hats split up. Mr. One and Miss Doublefinger catch Nami and Zoro. Mr. Four and Miss Merry Christmas catch Chopper and Sanji. Mr. Two catches Usopp and Eyelash, and Vivi held back on Karu to try and catch the Rebel Army. But unfortunately, the Rebel Army can't see past a cannon blast shot by a disguised Baroque Works agent, and Vivi is almost trampled by the army until Karu saves her at the cost of his own body. The rebels begin their fight with the royal army, while Usopp shows up to pick her up on horseback, but Vivi is suspicious when Usopp callously disregards the now-injured Karu, and she asks him to prove himself. He reveals that he has a bandage on his arm. Elsewhere, Sanji finds Usopp and Eyelash, who were defeated by Mr. Two Bonclay, who also stole Usopp's goggles and left the defeated and pathetic Usopp behind. It's so damn good! Also, that's me running my English One Piece narrator voice. I like it. We find out that Zoro had decided to make a double-blind test where... Underneath the bandages, they also had X marks on their arm that they needed to see, and Vivi's suspicions were confirmed. 
the Usopp that came was actually Mr. Two, Bon Clay, who started chasing her towards the city. Karu decided to try running up the sheer cliffside and did everything he could to get her to the top, even trying to fly. And he succeeded because of his dedication to his friends. Once again, it's a beautiful, touching moment. Like, I love that Mr. Two is even emotionally invested in this. To be honest, I can't help but um, really kind of root for Mr. Two Bonclay just for just the strange amount of just queer but also chaotic energy. Mm -hmm. Like, what... Mr. Tubon Clay cares about, like, is just so weird and fickle, and we're friends with these people, and we're like, it's a shame I gotta kill them, but then it's like getting, like, involved with their shit, and it's like, damn. Like, he honestly would have been perfectly happy if they were just friends who he met and then maybe never saw again, and the fact that he has to actively work to fight them he still takes pride in what he does, but yeah, no, he he kind of wants to see them succeed equally. It's it's wonderful. He is kind of like the if you had a instead of lawful neutral and good and evil alignment chart and had like queer and straight, I think he would be on chaos queer compared to like a mystique who was on like lawful queer not lawful like she obeys the law but just very much has a code and is very much about like the order Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um i love it i -hmm. mean like it's very easy to put characters who are inside of that higher position inside of like a um traitor role or in a role where they're like working on their own agenda mm-hmm. but to have no other agenda and find one that's that's fun i love it oh bon clay is beautiful and wonderful uh so of course after he like sees karu fl- after he sees karu struggle so much he immediately runs up and does the same thing reaching the top of the cliff vivi stumbles directly between the fighting armies and karu gets shot but he continues to fight through the pain as mr two follows closely behind until karu collapses that is when the other supersonic duck squad members intercept mr two followed by sanji who squares off with him that way the ducks can save karu and vivi it's it's like Total banana hours here. It's wonderful. They didn't need to put so much characterization in Karu, but when he's there on the edge trying to get over, you can't help but want to Mighty Ducks quack along. You're invested in this giant duck. Meanwhile, Chopper is facing off against Mr. Four, a batter, and Miss Merry Christmas, who has the power of the Momo fruit, and their third member, Lasso! 
a gun who ate a dash hound model mutt mutt fruit. It's weird. <laughs> and, the, and the thing is, it's like, I imagine there's something specific about it being a mutt mutt fruit that that's why it doesn't look completely like one. I don't know. It's weird. A, a gun ate it. Uh-huh. And I and just yeah. as much as you completely walked past it when I was like, what the fuck? The show walks right past it because <laughs> um it's trying to kill you. Oh yeah. They're just like, you haven't heard there's a new technique. And it's just like, oh, of course. That makes sense. That's why the gun turned into a dog. Like also just 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 the idea that this was gonna benefit you know like what a called shot just to be like we have this gun the special gun you load the fruit in it and it you think you're gonna shoot it but really it that counts as eating so that gun becomes a thing okay what are some cool things that you can be able to make also a gun bird you know something a little bit much more lively than not only a dog but a dachshund the the the, the long little doggy mm-hmm. and also this dog is now sick and dealing with a cold like this... is that just like a thing that was going on that day or just like the condition of it to be alive you know, I, I think it's just a it happened that day. Uh, also, do you love just how Miss Merry Christmas's powers do not align with any expectations that you had? Absolutely none. <laughs> In uh, it's nowhere near Christmas. I feel like they just gave her the name as a joke. Having Miss Groundhog Day is makes a lot much more fucking sense, man. That's what she is in the four kids dub, partially to avoid the religion part. Like they just change the color of her tie and everything. But also, I I think it's just hilarious because I don't think Groundhog Day is something that really exists in Japan or is known about. It's it's wonderful because you just like look and it's what are the most important holidays and it's Double Finger, which is New Year's, Bon Carré, which is a festival, uh, Golden Week, which is essentially spring break, Christmas, and then Valentine's Day. You think they just didn't go at the Halloween because it would have just been like too easy? Or too, like, overdone already. I don't know. Halloween is still one of those things that wasn't super big in Japan. Like, I know from reading uh, Magu-chan, God of Destruction. And I'm looking for my buddy. Where's my Magu-chan at? There he is. The Japanese tiny plush figure that I... Paid like $40 to get. 
Uh, as I know from Magutron, Halloween isn't really as big of a thing in Japan. It's kind of like a weird esoteric holiday, like when Americans will celebrate Guy Fawkes Day. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, Usopp ends up meeting up with Chopper, who gives him the rundown on the situation. Lasso the dog shoots explosive time bomb baseballs, and Mr. Four hits with his bat while Mrs. Merry, well, Miss Merry Christmas loads the field with mole holes. Usopp tries to escape, but underestimates the explosions. Chopper tries to knock out Mr. Four, but Miss Merry Christmas stops him. Usopp decides to hide in the tunnels and smashes Mr. Four with his five-ton hammer, knocking him out, which is a feint on Usopp's part. Miss Merry Christmas gets chased with the hammer until Mr. Four wakes up and the Baroqueworks agents realize the hammer was a fake. So they launch a barrage of baseballs. Chopper takes a rumble ball and weathers the blast as he starts working on a plan while Miss Merry Christmas chases Usopp and shows she is able to burrow even through buildings, grabs Usopp's feet and starts dragging him through buildings, forcing his body to break through the stone. Usopp tries to run and gets grabbed again, despite Chopper protesting. And she then insults Luffy by calling him pathetic and saying that he died, and Usopp refuses to believe her and stops running as they all laugh at Luffy and his dreams. So, Miss Merry Christmas starts dragging Usopp again and pulls him into Mr. Four's four-ton bat. Usopp still gets back up, because he has to defend his friend's dream. So, so they come up with a plan. Chopper transforms into horn, into Chopper transforms into his horn point form. Usopp, Usopp shoots a smoke screen, jumps out of his shoes. Chopper pulls Miss Merry Christmas up from the ground. Usopp pretends to be Miss Merry Christmas to order Mr. Ford to smash. So she gets smashed, and then Usopp shoots Mr. Four in the head with a hammer that knocks out Mr. Four and Lasso, defeating them. And then Chopper has to frantically start working to save Usopp, who's almost dead from all of the injuries that he has gotten. It's so fucking good. I cry at this scene. Because Usopp's ready to surrender. Usopp's ready to give up. Until his friend's dreams are insulted. And it, 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 it's beautiful. I, I've got another, t I've got a tears, I, I've got tears, Janine. Yeah, what makes him brave is not having to defend himself, but to put a, but he would put his life on alliance for his friends. And that is what ultimately helps make him into a brave warrior of the sea. Mm-hmm. Also, he said that he defeated a mole monster in, like, the early episodes. Ooh. It's another Usopp prediction. But yeah, it is it is such a great fight, because you get to see a bit of everybody, and uh, it sets up the... Or, well, it continues the wonderful tradition of Usopp having to be brave to defend his friend's dreams. Yeah, and to find a way to be able to outsmart people who can clearly 
have every right just to kill him on sight. Mm -hmm. Like, Usopp ends up the worst in this battle. <laughs> Out of anybody. I, I, I love Usopp. Like, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, he is my favorite member of the Straw Hats group. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I, I I love a guy who believes in his dreams and believes in his friends and uh, will fight for him. Uh, Sanji, and Sanji and Mr. Two are fighting and are evenly matched in their kicks as they fight one another, crashing through buildings. Mr. Two decides to make a copy-copy montage to make the most ridiculous face, which is his own face with a different nose, which has no effect on Sanji. He then transforms into Usopp, thinking that Sanji won't attack his own friends, but Sanji kicks him without hesitation. But when Mr. Two turns his body into Nami's, he easily just reads that Sanji is too horny to fight. Sanji starts getting the shit kicked out of him until he realizes that Mr. Two can only kick him in his own form, because Nami's legs are too short and Sanji is able to turn the tables again. Mr. Two then switches to another move that allows him to direct his entire force of a kick into a single point, and Sanji starts taking hits because Mr. Two has his longer reach, until Sanji realizes he can work on avoiding the blows and then hit Mr. Two while he has to recover. The two start parrying kicks again, with both of them becoming heavily injured. As they go for one last blow, Sanji is able to knock Mr. Two down, and Mr. Two congratulates Sanji and asks him to kill him. Instead, Sanji offers him congratulations on a good fight before taking back Usopp's goggles and knocking him out. Sanji then meets up with Usopp, Chopper, and Eyelash and returns the now-broken goggles while the remaining mass of the rebel army approaches. Just, it's a damn good fight. I, personally, ship it. Sanji and Mr. Two? I can see it working with their respect and rivalry with each other, but also they clash a little bit because they got different styles. Potentially. Potentially. I feel like the bigger problem is Sanji just would never truly accept a relationship with Mr. Two. Being that it's just a form that he can take. I don't see it lasting long. Fair. No, you could probably do some fix where they just meet up and Sanji cooks a nice romantic meal for the two of them as they share stories and then Oh no, the hotel room that they booked only has one bed. And Mr. Two feels honor-bound to pay Sanji back for a meal. Set sail for One Piece! It's the name of the treasure. In the Grand Line! Zoro loses track of Nami, who is being tracked down by Mr. One and Miss Doublefinger, who ends up accidentally finding her as she hides. 
Mr. One is revealed to have eaten the dice dice fruit, which turns his body into blades. We find out that Baroque Works knew about Zoro, since he took down Mr. Seven when Baroque Works tried to recruit him. Zoro didn't want to work with him because he would not be allowed to be the boss. Nami runs away, taking a moment to reflect, and remembers how she had asked Usopp to build her a weapon because she was too weak to defeat enemies, and he agreed, making her the climb attack, a staff that comes in three pieces. She then gets speared by Miss Doublefinger, who has the power to grow spikes because of her spike-spike fruit. Unfortunately, the weapon keeps producing party tricks like summoning doves and flowers. Nami starts to read the instructions, which noted that it was mostly party tricks as Miss Doublefinger chases her as a spiky ball of death. But Nami is able to dodge her momentarily before finding the battle configuration sections which allow her to summon hot air, cool air, and electricity, but the attacks are not complete. Miss Doublefinger chases after her again before Nami knocks her back, realizing that she can use the three powers to actually create weather patterns. Miss Doublefinger spears Nami with her spikes going through her head, but it was only a mirage, and Nami starts adding moisture to the air before adding hot and cold air, while Miss Doublefinger continues attacking. Nami finally forms a massive cloud and launches an electric ball into her, electrocuting Miss Devilfinger. But she still gets skewered by spikes because... But she fights through the pain for Princess Vivi, and then summons a tornado with the climb attack, which releases two mechanical birds that bind themselves around Miss Devilfinger's limbs, and then launch her through a building, defeating her. It's a horny battle, Janine. It it really is. Um, mm. Honestly, I would not have guessed that uh, Miss Doublefinger's power uh, with her curly hair would have been spikes. Spikes. Or her, like, spider motif. Right. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Also, poor kids really just had to edit a lot of this battle. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah both for wardrobe malfunctions and also uh, Nami literally getting speared through with massive spikes. Yeah, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Zoro faces off with Mr. One, and he realizes he needs to learn to cut steel to be able to cut through Mr. One and releases a bunch of attacks without being able to leave a mark. Mr. One's attacks have Zoro on the ropes, and Zoro reflects on his sensei's lesson that there are swordsmen who can cut anything and nothing, and a true swordsman must be able to do both. Zoro didn't understand it as a child and still doesn't get it as an adult. Which is great. Mr. One turns his arms into spinning blades, slices Zoro up, and ends up trying to bury him under rubble, but Zoro rises again to defend his friends. Having lost two of his swords in the rubble, he suddenly realizes that he can hear the rhythm of everything and is able to control how he cuts and is able to slice through Mr. One, defeating him. It makes <laughs> anime logic. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you have to be, you have to cut, like, nothing but the thing you want to cut. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to control what you do with the tools that you wield. It makes anime sense because, like, 
you can't literally learn that swinging a sword, but yet he learned that literally swinging a sword. He's a himbo. You, you got me there. You fucking got me there. Mm-hmm. Got him. Elsewhere, Koza plans to head to the castle to get Cobra to surrender despite the dangers, while Vivi makes her way back to the palace as well. She wants to destroy the palace, which will stop everyone from fighting, but Chaka isn't willing to do it until he remembers what King Cobra told him, which are the people make up the country, and he agrees to it. But when they go to light the explosives, Crocodile appears, blows out the flames, and it, and he has brought along Miss All Sunday and Cobra with him. And he declares that he has killed Luffy, which Vivi refuses to believe. Miss Sunday blocks the doors to the palace by growing hands from it, pushing the guards down the stairs, while Crocodile nails Cobra to the door and asks where the Pluton is. He plans to take over the kingdom and use the Pluton to solidify his power with the world government, and he reveals that he plans to fire a bomb into the square where everyone is fighting that will explode within a five-kilometer radius ending the fight so he can collect everything and take over the country without opposition. What a great evil plan! It's amazing how I can be able to be surprised by this stuff. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, well, of course, like, he doesn't have any use for the rebel army or the Royal Guard. He's playing mm -hmm. both sides. Mm -hmm. So it's like, of course he doesn't want either one of them to actually win if he wants to take over the place. Why didn't I think he was going to kill, kill everyone? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Like, Crocodile knows how to do a damn good plan. He's evil, but damn good plan. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, was it hard to stop watching? Um, a little bit. <laughs> but I did the thing where I actually did not watch any of the episodes until now in order so I could be able to have everything fresh in my mind. I'm going to be trying a new thing, and um, I'm going to be watching everything as soon as I can. A little bit inspired by this, a little bit because I want to see if I can be able to retain knowledge. I don't know. I'm experimenting. I like experiments. We're getting to learn about me and the podcast together. I'm glad the show can help you learn about yourself, my friend. Like that I'm gay. Congratulations, Janine. You earned it. Thank you. I can be gay as a reward. As a treat. <laughs> as a treat. <laughs> oh. I could have one gay. Not anymore because it goes straight to a place. Size. Sure. Yeah. Well, next episode we are going to be wrapping up the majority of Alabasta, so it shit's going to get even more real. It's it. I'm 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 excited, and I just can't hide it. 
Uh, but we have one character to match. We have, I... we do, however, we do have, um, uncharacteristically, a good number of suggestions that were given to us mm-hmm. from viewers like you. Yes. So, I have four different suggestions for Lasso. How many do you have this week? I have one, but I'm going to argue it hard. Okay. We also have four different suggestions from our fans who are trying to also angle for a spot. Uh, one of my ideas is the one that I want to argue for the most, but I I wanted to go hard for it. So let's go with those fan suggestions first. How about that? Sure. So reigning champ uh, Atticus suggested Shotgun Pete from Shotgun Pete's Wedding Chapel. Uh, Rodrigo, the titular creator of Rodrigo Style, suggested Laddie. Kit Kat, uh, hello, welcome to your first submission, suggested Doggo War, just for the naming, and that Wilder guy who is, or that one Wilder guy who is one of the members of the Discord, suggested the shifty-looking dog from Beyond Blunderdome. Now, I'm going to go through my bad suggestions and end up with the best one that I have. My Rodrigo-style one is Mr. Jingles, who is the Michael Clark Duncan-type's mouse that he has. Just because, you know, that's Rodrigo-style. It should be some sort of animal that a large person has an emotional connection to. I respect that. Next mm-hmm. suggestion. The Remington Model 1858 New Army Revolver, a.k.a. the gun that shot Mr. Burns. Oh my god. Are you ready for my next suggestion? Not really, but just tell me it anyway. The makeup gun that Homer invents. (laughs) Oh my god! It's a gun turned into a dog, Janine. Oh. Oh wow. I did not go that direction with it, and I regret it. Oh, Janine, we're now at my good one. Do you want to get... I, I want to hear yours first before I go and put my good one up against it. Okay. Um. God, it's so fucking stupid now. Mm-hmm. How am I going to go up against those? Um. It's the dog with the puffy tail that we meet after we see Guy Incognito, Homer's perfect double. Mm-hmm. Whose name might be Puff? Peter it, Puff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready for my good one? Sure. Yeah. I remember the day he bagged his first hippie. That young man didn't think it was too groovy. My suggestion is Crippler. That is Burns's retired uh, dog that gets replaced with Santa's Little Helper in Dog of Death when the Simpsons kick out Santa's Little Helper. 
Crippler is a very old, tired, and sickly-looking dog. Lasso, not in great health, actively betting oh evil people. Wow. God. That's... This is tough. <laughs> okay, number one, right off the bat, I'm looking at the guns. I'm sorry, everybody who sent things in. You have great suggestions. Shotgun Pete on name alone is like dear to my heart, but also I mean, that also Dog of War. Dog of War. I feel like Dog of War probably would have gotten in front of me just because of how how much it succinctly like keeps everything up but mm -hmm. I'm just drawn to the guns because I think that again <laughs> I was thinking about this I was uh, thinking about uh. this I was thinking why does a buzzard and an otter get to have names and ranks and lasso is just like a part of this duo making it effectively a trio and then I was thinking too hard on it because I was thinking about the 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 lasso as a dog, and lasso as a dog has not existed for as long as lasso existed as a gun. The reason why lasso is not named and like paired off with somebody else is because. Lasso's a gun. He's a pet. He is a type D creature, a small savage. He's an object. I mean, his status is alive. Alive by what means? Animated, sure. He alive being able to think and being able to perceive and having sentience does not give you life what if he has a dream does that thing look like it has dreams yes he does janine because uh i've got baroque facts coming up after and i'm gonna have you guess some characters dreams oh but i will tell you right now Lasso has a dream. Oh my god. Okay, Lasso has a soul. But mm -hmm. why does Lasso... Why th Then then it's a travesty then that Lasso does not have a name then. Lasso does have a name. Lasso's name is Lasso. Of course Lasso's name's Lasso, but Lasso does not have like a Baroque's works name. Because he is a gun... That turned into a dog. I mean, it's kind of hard to disguise a gun dog. There's a buzzard. Mm -hmm. And an otter. And but neither of them have real names that are, at least, that are revealed. Whew. Set sail for One Piece. Mm -hmm. 
I'm still really behind Crippler. Also because I don't want to, like, I feel like we have to pick Miss Groundhog, or we have to, like, find something with Miss Merry Christmas and Mr. Poor for the cover. And oh. I, I don't want to have to send an email to Mike and be like, hey, uh, Lasso is the gun that shot Mr. Burns. I cannot tell you how much I want to make it the gun that shot Mr. Burns. Mm-hmm. For the fact that I am afraid that this podcast might not go long enough for us to meet another gun character. I mean, it's not uh, Chainsaw Man. Or Digimon. Do you know how many motherfuckers in that thing have guns sticking out of them? Or Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh my god, Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen Battleship Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm going to do the dumb thing and argue against myself. The gun that shot Mr. Burns and the makeup gun are not actually characters in The Simpsons. They are I they are listed as objects. I almost feel like on principle Mm -hmm. I need to choose a gun. Mm -hmm. It was a suggestion written down and presented. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing that I have learned is that should not make suggestions of things that you're not prepared to use because I would would have loved it if you stopped me and I was able to use Poochie on this one. Poochie would have been perfect but apparently you just let me just have that one for Chopper. You fought for him for... No, he was a compromise. He was a compromise if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Wait till we get to Lord Dogstorm, and then you'll be really upset. But that, I think by that point, we'll have an extra Poochie we can use somehow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit afraid to watch the new newer Simpsons episodes as, as this thing goes, because um, I fell off kind of near this era. Mm-hmm. As um, Animation Sundays like started to overlap with Adult Swim programming, which was happening about the same time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> What if we use another picture? 
and we don't have to use the gun that shot Mr. Burns shooting a baseball. I mean, okay. I'm, I'll actually be willing to work with, uh, the gun that shot Mr. Burns. I, I think Crippler better fits what we are looking for, and I feel like Mike is going to be like, what? Uh, when we get this into him. I, hmm, wow. You know, if there ever would have been a time that we could have, like, the artist on the show for their opinion, mm-hmm. I think it, this episode would have been a thing. Um, what if we just have it at a dead draw between Crippler and the gun that shot Mr. Burns and see what he does with it? Out of uh, kindness, mm-hmm. and both of us will get a tie. I mean, I suggested both of those. Fine, you get the point. But ultimately, between the two, has to be decided by the person who's gonna have to draw whatever the fuck happens. Okay. The only time we do it, it's near the holidays. And holidays are time for magic. Also, Janine, because you said as a nice thing, you did stop me from posting an image into the Discord that would have made you frustrated. So I'll do that after the recording. But yeah, uh, oh, also, uh, you said you wanted the ability to reopen adjudication on Miss Mary Christmas. Uh, to see if you were still fine sticking with Lucille Botskowski. Oh. You know, after seeing um, Mo Mole, mm-hmm. um, yeah, actually, like, a lot more. You know? Mm-hmm. I feel like um, being able to know the character a little bit more and how they interact um, inside the story instead of like just against each other bouncing around inside of a bar that they destroy and then promptly leave. A cafe. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, no, I yeah, think that's yeah. fair. All right, so Luke. So Lucille Botskowski is uh, sworn in as our Miss Merry Christmas, and uh, the either Remington Model 1858 New Army Revolver, a.k.a. the gun that shot Mr. Burns, or Crippler will be our lasso. That will be up to Mike B. We make up new rules for this thing all the time, but it never stops being a fun game. Janine, that's what pirates do. I'm pretty sure. And you know what else pirates do? What do pirates do? They play our new game show, Baroque Facts. Initially, I thought this was going to be a much shorter episode, but uh, we we did a lot of shenanigans. But we're going to still do some Baroque Facts. All right. So All do, right. You ha- do you have the slide that I sent you as a nice cheat sheet? 
Amazing. There it is. All right. So I have provided Janine with a wonderful list of our uh, 19 Baroque Works members. I included the dead Mr. Seven, rest in peace, who Oda just uh, had in uh, one of the question segments. R.I.P. Mr. Seven. He probably would have gotten his ass kicked by Zoro. Very likely. Uh, but next to these, uh, if we know their character name or their real name, uh, I have that included. And there are question marks uh, for four different segments. There's RN for real name. There's BD for birthday. There's DR for their dream. And there's FF for their favorite food. If there is an X, that means that it is something that is not known or not applicable. If there is a check, that means we know it. So we know Mr. Zero's name is Sir Crocodile. And we know Miss All Sunday's name is Nika Robin, for example. So uh, we also know that uh, Miss Wednesday, Nefertari Vivi, and Mr. A. Igaram are also on here. So I'm going to give you a clue of either a real name, birthday, dream, or favorite food, and you've got to figure out who I am a talking about. How's sure. that sound? Yeah. Uh, the dreams come from a cover segment that is never actually adapted into the anime, which is wild. So... Uh, also, Mr. Seven is not applicable for any of these because we never know his real name, birthday, dream, or favorite food. So, up first. This person's dream is to be a superhero. Wow. Um... Miss Valentine's Day. That would be incorrect. Miss Valentine's Day's dream is to be a chocolatier. I can see that. It is Mr. One's dream to be a superhero. Huh. I would have never guessed. Mm -hmm. This character's real name is Babe. Ah, uh, Miss Doublefinger. No. Babe's Babe is the real name of Mr. Four, much like Babe Ruth. Uh... Miss Doublefinger's real name is Zala. Wow, okay. So you're 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 kind of like picking up a bit more on how this works. A little bit, but also it's kind of like still not something I can be able to revere for, you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. This character's birthday is on March third. Mister Three. Correct. Born on three three. Mm hmm. 
Wow. They they just put a bunch of thought into some of these. This character's favorite food is octopus parfait and camaricha tea. Who loves some octopar? Uh, Miss Golden Week. That would be Mr. Two Bon Clay. Damn. One of those first things that he says when going to Spider's Cafe is he wants some octopar. Miss Golden Week's favorite food is Sinbai and green tea. That makes sense. Goddamn. Mm. Mm-hmm. This character's birthday is December 25th. Um, Miss Merry Christmas? Correct! Okay, so their names make a little bit more sense if it ends up like that. Ha <laughs> uh, This character's birthday is on February 6th. Miss Monday. Uh, Miss Monday's birthday is on January 24th. Nico Robin's birthday is on February 6th. The first two syllables of the name, me and Ro, uh, come out as two and six. Ah. Mm-hmm. This character's dream is to become Pirate King. Oh. Oh. Mr. Zero. Correct. This character's favorite food is crocodile meat and tomatoes. Is it also Mr. Zero? Yes, it is. This character's favorite food is gunpowder tea, fine gunpowder, and Kayaku Gohan. Uh, Mr. Five. That is correct. This character's real name is Jim. And that's G-E-M, not the outrageous, simply outrageous J-E-M spelling. Miss Goldwink. Nope. That is Mr. Five's real name. Wah! Uh, Miss Goldenweek's real name is Marianne. Adorable. Mm-hmm. This character's dream is to become a firefighter. Mr. Four. No, his dream is to become a pizza delivery boy. A little low there, but okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, he has a 30 hours or less delivery promise. Uh, it is Mr. Five's dream to become a firefighter. Huh, okay. <laughs> yes! Uh, it's, it is a fun game of bullshit. Uh, this character's real name is Galadino. 
Who do I have left? Uh, you currently have Mr. One, Mr. Two Bon Clay, Mr. Three, Miss Merry Christmas, Miss Valentine's Day, Miss, uh, yeah, just those ones. Mr. Tubon Clay. Uh, no. Galadino is the real name of Mr. Three. Mr. Two, Bon Clay's real name is Bentham. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So. I think the last real uh yeah we have the last real names for mr one and miss merry christmas which one of them have the real name of droppy oh miss merry christmas that is correct mr one's real name is das bones Sure, just rolls right off the tongue on that one, I guess. Mm -hmm. This character's dream is to be a princess. Oh. Miss Doublefinger. No, her dream is to become Paula the cafe owner again. Oh. Miss Merry Christmas wants to be a princess. Oh. All right, and then we'll just do one more. This character's favorite food. <laughs> Is lemon tea and chocolate. Mr. Three? Mr. Three's favorite food is Earl Grey black tea and cookies dipped in tea. Miss Valentine's Day loves lemon tea and chocolate. She wants to be a chocolatier. Ah! It builds up. Like, Babe's favorite food is apple tea and pizza. Oh, uh, I mentioned Lasso has a dream. Lasso wants to be a tank. Oh my god! Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> Yeah, I'm just amazed that 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 Lasso's dream is to become more gun and not more dog. <laughs> like that's a dream a gun would have. <laughs> oh, the darkest Toy Story. I guess Jesus. <laughs> I think there's a gun in me. All right, so uh, I hope you enjoyed that fun game of Baroque Facts. Uh, if anyone playing at home uh, similarly did well, congratulations. Janine, you got one, two, three, four, five, six. Correct, which considering that most of this is bullshit is very good. 
if y'all were able to do better than me by guessing, um, hey, thumbs up. And if you knew the answers all along, uh, you are Luke, because I don't think anybody else could have retained that much. I haven't even retained most of it. I, I literally just put a note together. Oh, by the way, there is one other thing that I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> last time I called for um, people that um, are on Twitter <laughs> to come up with a weird way to describe what our podcast is. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, we actually do have a suggestion from at KitKatHime. Hell yeah. Birthday is actually tomorrow, I believe. We were supposed to record tomorrow and I was going to say, hey, I'll give you a birthday shout out. And then like it kind of like ended up weird. But still, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Or future birthday when we're recording it. Belated birthday when you're listening to it. <laughs> Time is weird. Here's a tweet. Since y'all asked for terrible ways to describe the podcast, you know, sometimes someone tells you to combine two foods and you think there's no way that these two will be good together, but it's actually really good. That's basically what Domance Dawn is. We're like flavors on the great British baking show that British people aren't generally familiar with. Pretty good. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought you were going to go for like describing like two different weird things, but um, way to both like bring that together and also, right, um, I guess, take a shot at British food. Mm hmm. Okie dokie. We're like orange and chocolate. Pretty good. Pretty good. We're like peanut butter and honey. Pretty good. Pretty good. We're like octopus and parfait. Pretty good. I'll get back to you on that one, I guess, because I've been wrong about so many things just in this podcast. Do you think that Mr. Tubon Clay would be wrong about octopus parfait? See, that's the thing now. Like, like I, I kind of question myself, especially since how much I have projected all of my own um, weird hey. shit like mm -hmm. onto Mr. Tubon Clay for being queer representation. And now I'm thinking, like, how much of that reflection that I purposely made on there for myself to make myself feel better is something that can be able to be reflected back at me? What if I myself like octopus parfait? You can't knock it until you try it, and you can't try it until... You I find a place that sells octopar? I guess. I don't know. I like Off the top of my head, it just seems like the weirdest thing to see and think about. But also, not completely inaccessible. I do live in Austin, so like it's still a possibility. Well, 
If people wanted to tell you where you can find an octopus parfait in Austin, where can they do that online, Janine, while, while Twitter still exists? While Twitter still exists, you can be able to find me online at Janine Juliet. And also on various Lou Care production podcasts, um, I will share uh, Mastodon, I guess people are going to now. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, my Twitter, like, pin tweet pretty soon is going to change just to, like, where you can find me going forward once I complete that. But I don't see myself being on there for long. You know what? If you're watching this live, you'll, you'll know. Yeah, and I mean, if, if Twitter is still existing within a month, in any sort of usable form, I will be happy and surprised. Uh, but yeah, we have a Discord, which uh, I will find a better way of sharing that. Uh, you can find updates on our website, which is at domancedawn.com, and I'll probably put a link there as well. It takes you to Tumblr. We're already there. If you're migrating back. Welcome back. You Welcome are on back. the cruise. Uh, you can currently find me on Twitter and in many other places as at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at Luke Hare, dot com. I also have a Gumroad where you can just get a bunch of comics that I've written. Uh, you don't even have to pay for most of them. Like, it's all pay what you want. My birthday is coming up, really. If you want to do something nice for me, just, like, read some of my comics and give me some good reviews. Uh, but yeah, Domance Dawn, we record every two weeks. And uh, Mike P., who is currently on Twitter at, at Patent Pending and is also on Instagram under the same name, is doing our lovely covers. And, uh, and yeah. ultimately deciding today's pick. Yeah, I will give Mike the good news and... We'll, we'll either unveil that in the episode cover or somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Next week, uh, Luffy's body gets filled with deadly poison. Smooth sailing, friends. I mean, you gotta put your deadly poison somewhere, right? I mean, if you're not going to put it inside someone, you know, you can just use it to flavor a big old bottle of brother juice. What? That, you, you were just <laughs> trying to figure out a way to save brother juice. <laughs> just a, a weird curse that hangs upon me, this podcast. This podcast is the real devil fruit. <laughs>